What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz, your host who just loves talking about more with God. Do you know that there is more for you in your relationship with God? Yes, this is amazing news. Once you have come to know God, you accept this amazing gift of Jesus. You accept this amazing gift of salvation. Your role then isn't just get busy and get to work and like go tell other people about God. That's a part of it. But just in this secret place between you and God, there is more for you to experience and um, delight in and enjoy and walk in the goodness of God every single day. And that's what we love talking about. And today we are circling back on this conversation about God's presence and getting practical on what this looks like. Um, And we have a very special guest, Noel Beck. We can't wait. So here we go. Back in June, I had a podcast episode about God's presence. And this wasn't a one-off episode. Do you guys remember that one, though? It was Pastor Kevin who came on and shared about that. Um, That wasn't just a a one-time topic that I thought about for a week and moved on. I would say God's presence has been a huge marker for me of 2022. Not something that I've figured out, but something that I have continually been wanting to learn more about and experience um, just in my time with him. So I had a conversation recently with my girl, you know her, you love her, Noelle Beck, and um, just all about God's presence. And I asked her if she would share it with you all with the podcast. And she graciously said yes. So I hope that as you listen to this, um, you can take it like you're hearing from, how do I describe this? (laughs) How do I even describe this one? Okay. Let me set it up this way. Noelle is, man, 10 years might be an understatement. 15, 20 years ahead of me in her walk with the more of God. And let me tell you, that is probably one of the biggest gifts of my life is to have a friend, someone I love, someone I trust, someone I've grown up with who um, walks in so much wisdom and experience with her walk with God and her love of God that she is someone I can always go to knowing like she's a few few steps ahead of me on this. And I just want to hear what she's experiencing. I just want to hear what God's showing her. So for some of this conversation, you may be tracking. You may be like, yeah, God's presence. Got it. Feel it. Love it. Other things that she's saying may feel like a brand new concept, may sound a little bit weird. And I just want to encourage you to take that in and sit in it and say, you know what, God, this is something that Noelle, as she's sharing and experiencing, um, I'm hungry for that too. And will you help my heart and my mind and my soul to see it as you've created it? So let's uh, dive into talking more about God's presence. Hannah, thanks so much for letting me come back on your podcast. I love that you have a podcast specifically to talk about the more of God, which as you know, I love. And that Somehow I keep getting back invited back to come share some of the different things that I've been thinking about. So 
this week, I want to talk a little bit about engaging in the presence of God. And this is kind of a culmination of three different things that have happened that has caused me to be thinking about this. Um, one is Hannah and I, ever since she started to experience the more. So as some of you know, I've known Hannah since she was 12. She was a junior higher in the Sunday school class I taught um, over the years. Uh, we became friends. We are almost exactly a decade apart. And for years, I've been talking about how much I love God and the prayer room. And for a long time, I only half knew that Hannah just heard me talking about these things and thought that I was a boring introvert. Um, and then three or four years ago, Hannah has kind of this radical experience of just engaging and understanding God in a deeper level, um, which has prompted all of these conversations about the more of God, including this podcast. And while Hannah has had these conversations and this kind of transformation over the years, a conversation that she and I have had for years is what makes the more the more? And this week, I had had an experience and a conversation that led me to send Hannah a Marco that says, hey, I think one of the components to the more is engaging in the presence of God. And she said, great, you should record a podcast. So here I am. <laughs> so here's uh, a little backstory of what happened. And that is somebody had said to me about a church service we were at that they didn't understand why we were singing the same song over and over and kind of the same couple lines over and over. Like, it's a little boring. Let's move on. And we've all been there, right? Um, but here was what I started to recognize. And that is, as I spend time with God and as I spend my alone time with God, most things you would see, you would expect to see, right? I spend time in worship, I spend time in prayer, I spend time um, in scripture. And so from the outside looking in, you would say, oh yeah, that's what I do too. This is how we experience God. Um, all of that makes perfect sense. But something that I think I have continued to learn and grow in over the years is actually engaging in the presence of God. So... Psalm 1611 is one of my favorite verses. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In all reality, I absolutely love spending time with God. I don't find it boring. I don't find it obligatory. I don't do it because I have to. I genuinely love it. I genuinely miss it when I'm not in it. And the reason is because God's presence, there is fullness of joy. That's what it says in Psalm 16, 11. And that's what I really feel. And the reason I love it so much is because I actually am engaging in being with God. So I've talked about this for years now. When we get to know somebody and we don't know them well, we often offer to meet with them for coffee, right? Because coffee is safe. It's only going to be a short time. It doesn't even have to be a full hour if it really is awkward. Um, it's in a public space. You're not committed. It's a very low commitment level. And this is what you do with people you don't know super well. 
And as you get to know somebody better, you start to invite them into more spaces. Maybe they come over for dinner or you hang out with them, right? And as you become closer friends, you spend larger chunks of time together and shorter chunks of time sometimes talking. And that's okay because the people you're comfortable with, you don't always have to fill with talking and doing things. This is super evident for me for December 8th. December 8th is a day of grief. For me, it's the day that um, I gave birth to a stillborn baby boy. And on that day, I usually take it to myself. Um, And there are very few people that I invite into this space. I need people who feel safe, comfortable. We don't need to have words. You don't need to fill it. You don't need to make me feel better. Can you just sit on the couch in silence with me? And Hannah has been that many times. Um, And this is essentially what God wants from us. God doesn't necessarily need or want us to fill the time, to fill it with words, to fill it even with praise. He just wants to be with us, near us, surrounded by us. I had a conversation with a woman one time and we were talking about this idea. What does it look like just to be in God's presence? And we talked about her kids And I said, well, how do you feel about the fact that they come and they lay on your lap and you just, you know, rub their back or stroke their head or or whatever you do to engage in relationship? And she was talking about how she actually feels closer to her kids in those circumstances, not necessarily when they're cooking dinner or even having conversations, that there's something about just being with our kids, being with our friends, being in relationship with people where we're just together. We don't have to fill it with words and serving and doing and watching a movie and playing a game. We just can be in their presence. And this is what God longs for. This is what God desires as much as he wants you to learn and grow, as much as he wants you to go to him with your requests, as much as he wants your worship, he also just wants to be near you. And what does that look like and how does that work? Well, that's part of this conversation that we can enter into just being with God. We can be in his presence without necessarily all the doing. I remember in January of 2020, as I started the year, really sensing the Lord say, don't do anything in your time with me, Uh, which sounds kind of bizarre. And so I spent the entire January of 2020, instead of making the list of how I was going to read through the whole Bible or how I was going to do all these different spiritual disciplines, I really just spent time with God not doing anything. And so what that would look like is I typically spend an hour of time every morning with God in my prayer room. And so I still did that. And I would play some worship music on in the background, pretty low, not specifically to worship to, just to have on. And I would just kind of rest in God. I had conversations, but not specific like full-blown praying all the time, not talking the entire time, a lot of moments of silence, some flipping through my Bible. Occasionally a verse would be highlighted and I would, I would reflect on that. 
but I didn't go in with the anticipation of doing anything. I just wanted to be near God. I wanted to be in his presence. And that is why in Psalm 16, it says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. We are completely satisfied in that. Phil Wickham has a song called Divine Romance, and in it is a line, in your presence, I am completely satisfied. And it's true that we can come into relationship with him. This is who God has created us to be. As humans, we are created to be in communion and in relationship with God our Father. And that looks like being in relationship with him. That looks like laying on the couch with our head in his lap. That looks like sitting in moments of silence. That looks like being with him more than doing for him or learning about him. And it is so beautiful when it happens. So what does this look like practically? Well, first, let me say this. God has created us all uniquely and individually and will interact with us uniquely and individually. So I have given some examples and I'll continue to give some examples. And that may or may not connect you to God in the same way that it connects me to God. So just be aware of that. Super practically speaking, the first thing that I always try and do when engaging God and trying to engage his presence is close my eyes. Uh, and this is for two reasons. One is I'm trying to eliminate the distraction of whatever is going on around me, whether I'm in a public space around people and I'm trying not to be distracted by the people around me or pay attention to what they're doing, or even if I'm in a private space, but I'm looking at clutter in my living room and now I'm distracted by the fact that I need to clean. So some of that is just simply eliminating distraction. The second is honestly trying to connect my heart, my mind, and all of my senses towards God. And it may sound weird, but we have the ability to be in God's presence. Now, it's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, but it can be. Um, but it's really about putting our, ourself in a posture of heart and mind to say, God, I want to be near you. I want to be in your presence. I want you near. And some of that is just posture. So one of those is closing my eyes. Sometimes that's being on my knees. Sometimes that's a physical posture. I want to be on my knees. Sometimes that's laid completely on the floor. Sometimes that's just sitting in my chair with my head bowed. It doesn't have to be those postures, but sometimes a Physical posture can help us in being in God's presence. And it is, to some extent, pulling on our imagination. Not that we're imagining God in that he isn't real and now we're just making him up. But, man, what would it be like to be in the throne room of God? What would it be like if I were at his feet right now? And it's hard to imagine you're sitting at his feet when our eyes are opened and we're standing up and we're looking at a room full of 100 people. And so that is why posture can help. I also like that I'm in a private room. This is why I like my prayer room so much because I'm in a room by myself 
and nobody can see or hear me and I can engage God in however I want. I'm not worried what my husband's thinking or what my friend's thinking or what my kids are thinking. I just want to engage God. I want to be as close to God as humanly possible. And in order to do that, sometimes I have to physically get into a posture to kind of put myself in that place. Recently, I had this experience where uh, it was a Saturday night. I had just gotten done speaking to a group of people. I was all amped up. I get home. My husband says he's going to go watch a movie. And I think, great, I'm going to go to the prayer room. Uh, So this is about 9 o'clock at night. On my way to the prayer room, I grab a cup of hot tea. I grab some chocolate. I am ready. Uh, And so I go down into the prayer room and I put my feet up. And I'm drinking my hot cho- or my tea and my cho- I've eaten my chocolate. And with my feet up, I'm playing a worship song. And it's about God's presence. And I say something out loud along the lines of, uh, Holy Spirit, come. God, can I experience your presence? Something about God's presence. And all of a sudden, I feel a little nudge of conviction, right? Sometimes I call it prickly. Uh, I felt a little prickly for a second where I sense kind of this idea of you're asking for my presence, but your, your, your stance is like you're consuming a movie. And let me just take a moment and be very clear. I think it's okay to take snacks while you engage God. I drink frothy coffee every morning I engage God and it makes me worship God more. Um, So it's not about that I was eating snacks, but my posture, my presence was my feet are up. I'm eating a snack. It's like I'm watching a movie and I'm saying, all right, God, come, come do something powerful. And I felt this slight twinge of conviction. Like if I want God's presence if I really want to engage God then I need to actually go and engage God and so I pack up my stuff at this point this is about 9 30 pack up my stuff and I think tomorrow morning I'm gonna I'm gonna enter God's presence properly and that was in my own heart and, and conviction again this isn't always true all the time so probably the first time in maybe my adult life since I started liking coffee the next morning I got up really early and I didn't make coffee and I didn't take a drink or a snack and I just went to be with God and for the first time ever I start imagining being in the back row of heaven you see anytime I ever imagined being with God or sitting at his feet or all these other phrases that we've heard and we kind of know It's always the front row. I'm at the front row. I'm at his feet. I'm at the front row. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the throne room of God. And all of a sudden, my desire to have a taste of God, just a taste, a taste of heaven, was not to be in the front row, was not to be at his feet, was not to be in the center of it all. But God, could I please, could I please just be in the back row? Could I please just have a taste of you? Could I just experience just a little bit of you. And so I worked through all sorts of scripture, mostly out of Revelation that morning of these pictures of God in the in heaven. And I wanted to imagine being in the back row of heaven because I just was desperate 
for a little taste. I didn't need to come in with my feet up in my snacks and say, okay, show up, God, you owe me. But instead, I went to him fully submitted, begging for just a glimpse, just a piece of heavy, just a piece of anything he was willing to give me. And so I just read Revelation out loud, specifically 5.11 on. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elder and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. It was a beautiful time. And this went on for a couple weeks. I will admit I brought coffee back into the scene but I would go in the morning and I just had a deep desire to be close to God. I just wanted to sense him. I wanted to have a piece of heaven. I wanted to know what was happening. And over and over, we know this from scripture. All of creation is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come over and over and over. Which brings me back to the conversation of singing the same lyrics over and over again. And that is because when I am singing worship songs, I am not trying to come up with new information or new things to sing about. I want to be in God's presence. I want to sit at his feet and I don't want to get distracted by words. I'll sing the same words over and over and over. And if that's holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, I'll say that a thousand times because I don't want to be distracted by the words. I want to be in God's presence and I trust that we can be. It's amazing in John 17, when Jesus is about to leave and he prays for the believers, he says this, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you loved me. There's this promise that we get to be one with the father first corinthians 6 17 says whoever is joined to the lord becomes one spirit with him and so what i am trying to do when i talk about entering god's presence it's not warm fuzzy goosebump feelings although sometimes that can happen what it is is a connection to the father jesus says hey become one even as we are one. First Corinthians says we become one in the spirit. And so it isn't some weird, magical, and, uh, emotional situation. It is the deep desire in our core of our being. The way that God created us was to be with him, to be in his presence. And the reason we don't feel at peace or at home is because this is not our home. We are called to be in the presence of God. We are called to be reunited with the Father. And since I can't get that here on earth, I try and get there as close as I can. And so 
I really believe a key component to the more of God is not more doing, more reading, more knowing. I think it's more being, being with the Father, being in his presence. Because as John, as Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Right in the middle of this two weeks of really desiring to be in the presence of God. I go to lunch with a guy and he's been kind of like a father figure to me, supported first glance over the years, and I just really appreciate him. And so I see him, and since then I'd gotten my hair cut and a few things, and so he's immediately says, oh, well, you look great. You got your hair cut. You look great. I can't believe how fantastic you look, you know, and uh, just super kind guy. And he goes and he gets his food and he comes back to the table and he says it again. He says, Noel, it's, it's not just your haircut. It's like you're glowing. You just feel like you're glowing. And so at this point, I have to say to him, it's not, it's not my haircut. This is what God has been doing. God has been doing this crazy thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't just the worship part, but there had been some things leading up to it. And I was in this sweet space with God. And over the lunch table, I lean over and I say to him, I didn't know it could be this good. I didn't know it could be this good. That I could experience just God's presence in this way. And I I go on to tell him about the day that I went to the prayer room with my tea and my chocolate. And how I really felt like I needed to be in the back row of heaven. That earlier this year... I really sensed to stop reading books because if I want to know God, go to God. If I want to know him, go to him. I don't need to know about him. I need to know him. And I tell this story and uh, he just is in awe of all that God is doing. And he can see it. He can see it on me. It's not because I got my hair cut. It's not because I got new clothes. It's because that God is doing something in me. I felt like a new creation. And so he then looks at me and he says, in so many ways, this is conviction. I need to get back to God. He's like, I have been listening to this, uh, some sort of podcast or sermon series. And he's like, and it is making me know the Bible better than I've ever known it. And my friends are listening to it. And my wife is listening to it. And we're all, even at dinner conversations, we went out to dinner on Friday night. And I thought, where else would this happen that we're talking about this sermon series and we're talking about God and we're knowing God and all I'm doing is consuming this. And he's like, but I'm missing the presence of God. I'm missing actually being with God. And I look at him and I say, yeah, I don't know your wife as well. And you could sit here for the next three hours and tell me all about your wife but it doesn't mean I know her. You got to go back and be with the father. And so later that afternoon, he sends me a text. He's like, thanks so much for our lunch. And wow, I just spent time with the father. And that's the thing that God invites us into. He doesn't need us to know more about him. He needs us to know him, to be with him. To be in his presence. It's absolutely astounding to me that God invites us into this. That there are these glimpses. There are these moments that we can experience his power and his presence in 
such real and tangible ways here on earth. But I also need to be clear that it doesn't happen 100% of the time. It doesn't happen every single time. I hope that it happens. And I say this because I never want to create a picture that this happens just every single day. It's why that couple weeks was so sweet. There was just such a hunger on my end that I wanted to experience just being in his presence, being in the back row of heaven. But it's not still the case. A couple months later, I have moments and I work at times to engage God in that way. And sometimes I don't, and that's okay. Some mornings are about engaging in God's presence. And some mornings are about consuming more of his word to know him, to know his heart, and to know his character more. I also feel like I should confess that there are times that God's presence isn't enough. And I'm, you know, humbled to say that. So a while ago, somebody had sent me a song. Um, Your presence is enough is literally the song. And that's essentially the line over and over. Your presence is enough for me. And it had been really just a a good song for me to sit in for that exact thing that we're talking about, this space of trying to engage in God's presence, to sense his nearness, to, to have a taste of what heaven will be like. And I had had some things going on in my life personally that had been a shift and it had kind of taken a hit to my identity and I realized it. And so I had been listening to this song for weeks, loved it, loved it, loved it. Really powerful for me, really helpful for me to stay focused on God. And after <clears throat> some life circumstances, I go to the prayer room, I turn on the song, and uh, it's not true. God's presence is not enough. Uh, my identity, all of a sudden, it is very exposed in my whole being that my identity is in what I do and in the ministry I'm called to, not in God alone. And I'm real sorry, God, you're not enough. And I had a small identity crisis, guys. It's fine. I'm I'm through it now. Thank you. Um, but in all reality, I had this moment of realization that um, I would have said, if you asked me, is your identity in God or is it in what you do? I would have clearly said and confidently said it's in God. And some life circumstances shifted in regards to my job role, um, which God led me towards. I felt a lot of peace that this is what God wanted me to do. And yet I have this moment of identity crisis. Who am I? And so as I'm in the prayer room, as I'm spending time with God, as I'm listening to this song, your presence is enough. I'm literally wrestling and saying, God, I don't think it's enough. I'm sorry. It's not enough. I need these other things. I didn't know I needed these other things, but I need these other things. And I am in somewhat freak out mode for a couple of weeks, maybe longer. And I literally send uh, Marco to a handful of women that were on a Marco together um, Hannah is one of them. And I just said, Hey guys, if you want to kick me out of this group, you can right now. God is not enough. I don't know what to do, but I just feel like I need to confess this. And this is the reality. Thankfully, nobody kicked me out of the group, which was nice. Um, but I just, I want to give you a clear understanding that our deepest longing, the way God's created us is to be in intimate relationship with him, not to just know him not to know about him, not to really like him, but to be in his presence. 
And sometimes his presence is enough. It's fulfilling. It's fullness of joy. It's all the things I've said. And other times in our flesh and in our circumstances, it does not feel like it. And that is real. That's relationship. That's relationship with friends. That's relationship with spouses. And that's relationship with God. And it gives us an opportunity to start to search and understand why is his presence not enough. My encouragement as I wrap up is to go be with the Father. Go be in his presence. Don't just learn about him. Go be with him. As this conversation about God's presence has been echoing in my heart and my mind for a while, uh, and I just get this recording from Noel, at the same time, I happen to be rereading a book, probably one of my one of the best books that I've ever read, by A.W. Tozer called The Crucified Life. And he has a section about God's presence that I almost just laughed out loud at as I was reading this because I was like, God, this is so much of what I'm asking you about and so much of wanting what I'm wanting to learn. And here, A.W. Tozer writes some of these same words. So to end all of the wisdom and experience and encouragement that we got from Noel, I just wanted to read this section from A.W. Tozer um, of his own encouragement and almost warning of a word that has to accompany with God's presence. And it's a word you may not think of, loneliness. A.W. Tozer says, It is the hungry heart that will finally penetrate the veil and encounter God. But this will be in the lonely recesses of the heart, far from things of our natural world. Study the Old Testament tabernacle and you'll get an idea of what I mean. The high priest had to go through all these stages until he finally separated himself from the natural light and entered into the presence of God. In that presence was the supernatural illumination of God's presence with nothing to protect him but the blood offering and the assurance of God's promise. The priest stood there in his presence of supernatural shining. He stood there alone. No one was there with him. Nobody could accompany him into that shining place. This is hard for most modern-day Christians to grasp. We live in an era of helps. At no other time in history have there been more helps with the Christian life than there are today. It's a strange oxymoron that the more Bible helps we have, the less of our own spiritual power we exhibit. That's because these helps can only go so far. The teacher can teach a student to read, but that's as far as she can go. What that student reads is really up to them. The teacher can only help him so far, and then he's on his own. This is true throughout our entire life. There are some things in life that must be done by ourselves. No one can help us. No one can assist us along the way. That's why there is often a breakdown in evangelical circles today when it comes to God's presence. We want to rely on one another. We want to serve one another. We want to exercise the ministry of helps. We are nothing unless we have a crowd surrounding us and following us, not realizing that to penetrate into the very presence of God is a very lonely journey. We cannot experience anyone else's experience with God. It must boil down to simply this. God, 
and us. When we come into God's presence, we come by ourselves. Christian fellowship is wonderful, but there comes a time when even that is a hindrance. We need to want God and want nothing else more. I'll be honest, (laughs) I went back and forth so many times on if I should include the A.W. Tozer quote at the end because it is a little heavy. Did you feel that? (laughs) I feel like the episode was like, God's presence. And then the end was like, beware. So if you didn't like that ending, just, you know, hopefully you skipped over those three minutes. All right. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for listening to the There's More podcast. And a big, enthusiastic, awesome thank you to Noelle Beck for just being willing to share. Um, Man, I just loved that she was on the episode and we got to hear from her own wisdom and experience and love of the Lord. So, man, the whole reason we do this, like the whole point of the There's More podcast is because, dear listener, sweet friend, I just so deeply want you to experience it. I want you to delight in it. I want your relationship with God, even this year, to be something that you can look at and say, this is the greatest joy of my life. Not because it's always easy, not because I always have it figured out, but truly in his presence is fullness of joy. Have you heard? (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) Sweet friend, there is more.